Welcome to TTP Turnbuckle Talk Podcast. You're listening to Keeman Cooper and John Dugan. This podcast is sponsored by Dirty Blondes. Dirty Blondes is a bar located in the heart of Blackpool, famous for their banging tunes, cocktails and 18-inch pizzas. The only place to get a pizza as big as your table across the Foud Coast. If you're ever in Blackpool, check them out. They're on Facebook and on Instagram. That's Dirty Blondes. Blackpool. Let's talk wrestling. Talk podcast. I'm joined with my co-host, the Scottish stud, John Dugan. How are Hello. You? How are you? I'm good, yeah. I'm so, good. this episode, we decided to go with um, stipulation of matches because of uh, on Sunday, it's the TLC pay-per-view. Yeah. So we've not gone for our necessarily our favourites or the ones that we like, we dislike the most, just ones that we've that we that we that we've picked out that we thought are quite interesting um, and that's good to talk about. So it's not necessarily our favourites, just to put that out. Yeah, but they may some of them may be my favourites, if I'm honest. Yeah. Even the bad ones. <laughs> so we're gonna do three Three ones that we like, three ones that we think are just shocking. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, it's funny about stipulations because there's so many matches that you just forget about. Um, yeah, because sometimes they're only like one-offs, aren't they? Mm-hmm. But, uh, or you know, they get their own pay-per-view. TLC. Strange. Yeah. So, shall we start off with... Um, a terrible one. Uh, yeah, can do. Do you want to go first? I'll be first. Uh, yeah, fine. So I've gone with um, the well, The match I'm talking about is from WrestleMania 21 when WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Do you remember all them uh, the promos where the the wrestlers are doing the um, the, the, you know, the, the doing the movie scene? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, was, there were some really good um, videos and miniettes from that, weren't they? It was such a good build-up. Well, yeah. isn't it? Is it Hollywood next year as well? It is, yeah. So hopefully they do something similar. I mean, my favourite, my personal favourite was um, Eugene doing Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, God. Did he have a match <laughs> at WrestleMania? What's that, sorry? Did he have a match at WrestleMania? Or was it just... He, he did appear in it. Um, Probably Royal Rumble, is not it? Yeah. But anyway, right, so before the um, the WrestleMania match at 21, let me backtrack. So it's May 1994, and the match I'm talking about is a sumo wrestling match. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think the reason it happened at WrestleMania 21, the big show, is because of... Um, earthquake. So it was earthquake vs. Um, um, quake against Yokozuma. And um, yeah. you know how Vince is. It, once Vince finds out a talent, he puts it into a gimmick. So earthquake actually used to do sumo, sumo wrestling before he was an actual pro wrestler. Oh, right. I don't and I can that. imagine it. Vince finds this out and goes, "Amazing! It will be." <laughs> It'll be a spectacular. You know, like he does. Vince does that. If there's a gimmick, like, for example, puke, 
Yeah. Uh, the wrestler, Vince Van Atica Pug, he puts it in the gimmick. He loves that kind of stuff. So they found out who he was a, a wrestler, and then they, they had this match, and Earthquake actually won the match, which was a massive upset. Um, and that, that kind of paved the way for the, the sumo wrestling match at WrestleMania 21. So, right. <laughs> big show, this Aki Bono. Who's that? I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I had to research him. Nobody in, who likes pro wrestling knows who this guy is. He's, you know, he's a champion in his field of sumo wrestling. He's, a, you know, oh. he's done everything in sumo wrestling, but nobody knows. So he's who a real, he was a real sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was unbeaten for a long, long time. Like he's like his, you know, a sumo wrestling god. Yeah. Um. So it's big show. These Akibona, but they the the raw before they have an official weigh in, and um, so big show is four hundred and ninety three pounds. Akibono is five hundred and four pounds. Now for anyone in England. Five hundred and four pounds is just over thirty-five stone. Oh wow! Yeah, really? The, the, yeah, the big guys. Oh. And Aki Bono, he seems genuinely humble to be in WWE. He says to Big Show, "Thank you for having me on this stage because we're going to have a, a sumo wrestling match, which is my type of match. I want to honour you and have a wrestling match." So he has a oh, wrestling match God. on Raw. Oh wow! How tall now, is he? You what, sorry? How tall is he compared to the big show? Because the it's, big show is like same, seven it's feet. More or less the same height. More or less the same height as the big show. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how tall sumo wrestlers are. You say? I think it varies. To be honest, like I said, I don't actually. You know, I don't know too much about sumo wrestling. Um, mm. But this, you know, Akibono is more or less the same height as Big Show. But this this match, right? If you don't know what a jobber is. This is the defining aspects of a jobber. So they go to a, an advert of a commercial break, and Akibono is against this wrestler, and the commentators say to him, This contender, this young lad, they don't say his name, and they don't really acknowledge him too much. Akibono, and I mean, slaps his chest, he, he falls out the ring, he comes back in, Akibono slams him down and pins him. And that's it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get any build up or any entrance. Not on oh, wow. TV anyway. Um, and the job was Eddie Vegas. Eddie you know, Vegas. Yeah. No. I don't know him either. He was. I mean, from what I can see, he is is quite big on the independent scene, and he had a tiny spell at WWE, but nothing major. He just came in just to lose the match and get Akibono over. Um, and then so then they're having this match at WrestleMania, and <laughs> so let me just read, let me read out these stipulations that I get read on the on the on the, get, this gets flashed on the um, the fight card. It says, in this match, to be uh, in this match to be declared the winner, you must either push your opponent outside the circle or knock him off his feet. So they both come out, and Big Show, it comes out in the traditional. Oh, and there's a lot of skin showing <laughs> and you know what I mean on paper it sounds amazing 
yeah. it isn't. A lot, a lot of these matches are like that, though, aren't they? <laughs> I, can see this, I can see Vince Man sitting, reading it on paper going, yes, this is going to be huge, you know, like he does. Yeah. But there's no payoff. The commentators have to talk <laughs> for ages while they take the turnbuckle off, they take the ropes off, so it's just a mat. Oh, was it not already set up? Well, no, because it's halfway through the actual pay-per-view. Oh. So then they have to take the circle, they put like a um, stage tape, you know, on the mat. Mm. They get the buckets of salt, that's traditional in sumo wrestling. So it's a lot of kerfuffle. And the match is like five minutes. Uh, the big shot gets dragged out off the mat and hits his back. Um, it looks really painful and he loses the match. And well, so was it a real sumo match or was it sort of planned? I mean, it, yeah, it does look fairly real, but I, I'm big sure was never going to win. I don't think you can't right. win against a sumo legend. It's you know a really because I know with sumo wrestlers, it's a really good, great honor to be a sumo wrestler. Oh, yeah, um, and, the, and the, the referee is called um. Oh, what? The, 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 the Japanese referee is, uh, you know, it's not in like a black and white shirt. He's in a full uh, Japanese gown and he has his fan. And it's all very kind of religious the way to do it. Um, and Big Shot credits for him, you know, he does the salt to, um, you know, um, to, well, to purify the mat. You know, he does all of that. He does mm. everything in respect to sumo wrestling. But it just... There's no payoff. It just—it doesn't look good. On paper, it does, but there's just no real payoff. And for that reason, I just think it's a bit—it's just a bit shite. You just—you just know though that because if if this sumo wrestler is as big as you say he is, but mm. just for that reason alone, like most of Japan would have probably been watching that WrestleMania just yeah. for that five-minute match. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind, of, it's kind of clever from WWE, but like you said, it's not just not good for everyone else. Yeah. Like, it could have been amazing. I wouldn't have put it in the middle of the card, because like you said, we had, if you've, I've not seen it, but if you've got have to you wait not? for them to... No, I don't know why I've... Maybe I've seen it and not even... I mean, it. yeah, I mean, you might have seen it, but just forgot. Just, it's gone out in the head, because it's... Like I mean, it's, a five-minute it's not... match as well. Yeah, it's not long. For the map, they have to do all the work, get the ring off, you know, and all that stuff. It just doesn't, there's no payoff. But, all, having said that, I do credit Big Shot because he does put himself out there. Like, remember, when was it now? It was WrestleMania 24 when he was against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And he got legit, you know, sucked that punch right in the face by Floyd Mayweather. Um, Have you ever heard the story about that? So, um, so beforehand, like when he appeared, before he was appearing on Raw, I think it was Raw, wasn't it? He said to Mayweather, he says, you can hit me any way you like, just don't hit me in my nose, because I don't want to have a nose, nose doesn't he? And then, so he was like, look, I don't care if you knock me out, it's fine, just don't hit me in my nose. Mayweather was like, oh yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, no problems. I'll look after you. First thing he did was smack him in the nose. Yeah, it was, was like a combo, wasn't it? And he was bleeding. Yeah, so it's real, it's real punches. And uh, mm. 
See, that fired uh, Big Show up for their like, match because he was just right, like, okay. I told you not to break my nose and what did and you do? Well, do you know how much Floyd Mayweather got from WWE for that match? Oh, it'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? <laughs> Is it Wizard of Oz money? <laughs> 20 million. Wow. And I know there's a lot of money in boxing, but we're not in boxing, we're in sports entertainment. They must have thought that was worth it, though. But it was, though. It was huge. Remember, I remember like, my, my friends who were into boxing saying, Oi, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather's coming into WWE. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It, it was. Like, well, I think it's not as if he was past his prime. He was still in his sort of oh, yeah. stage of being and like, being well, the guy. It's that thing where they want to get... We want to cross over so they get boxing fans into wrestling and vice versa, you know, with um, Tyson Fury and stuff. Yeah. I think you always have that element because, like, there's a, there's a fine line between sort of wrestling and boxing, isn't there? And how it's set up. Mm. It's similar, isn't it? You badmouth each other and then you have that match. Yeah. So they're quite a similar. If you look at wrestling as a sport, they're similar sports. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think you're always going to have that, some sort of boxer appear. Like, they're, they're wanting, everyone wants Conor McGregor to appear, but I just think that'd be really dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was going to happen a few years ago because there was a lot of hype about it. Mm. But I, I, think think, I don't think you could trust him. He doesn't care. He, he'd happily just... He could end someone's career. Like, yeah, but it's not just his persona. I, I bet he does care, actually. Doesn't he? I'm not sure. He's a hothead. Yeah. But, yeah. Seymour, the Seymour match, I mean, uh, like I said, on paper it's good, uh, but I just it just doesn't deliver, and that's why I've gone with thumbs down. It's just a terrible match, a terrible stipulation. Is it the only one they've ever had apart from, well, they've won in 94, did you say? Yeah. Was, uh, what other, was, did Yokozuna never have a similar match then? Oh, you're dead, he was in that one, yeah? Yeah, he was in one against uh, Earthquake. Ah, right. How weird. Mm. I, do you know, I never realised Yokozuna wasn't, like, Japanese till I was, like, a lot older. Because <laughs> he's Samoan, isn't he? Mm. <laughs> but I think he plays that sort of character <laughs> quite well yeah. yeah uh so what have you got next what's your well what's your first match that you just think is a terrible stipulation right uh okay now i know i'm trying to sell wcw's here quite a lot <laughs> and they did have they just have so many bad matches this one's called <laughs> the chamber of horrors match Okay. Now, when you when you hear that, what do you think? I think of horror villains, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, that kind of stuff. It's none of that. <laughs> so it's how do I describe it? It's in a cage, right? Okay. Kind of like, like a hell in a cell. Like, it's in a hell in a cell cage. Right. Okay. But it's really hard to see inside it. If you're in the crowd. Right, okay, that's a good start. And inside that cage is a littler cage, a littler cage, a smaller cage with a chair in it. 
and the chair is an electric chair. You with me so far? Uh, yeah, okay. Right? So this electric chair is electric, and the lever for the electric chair is on one corner of the pelvicell cage. So you would, right, you with me so far? Right, yeah, I think so. So the objects, and it, it oh, this isn't one-on-one, -on -one. this is a tag team match. This is, I think it was, uh, one, two, three. This is four on four, yeah? Right. You with me so far? I've got a so the object is, carry on. <laughs> The object is to electrocute one of your opponents. Right. So to do that, you've got to sit them in the chair, make sure they stay in the chair, and pull the lever. Or if you work as a team, I suppose you get make wait till they put someone in the chair and you pull the lever. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as I said, you can't really see it because the cage is just terrible. So what they did, this was at Halloween Havoc, which was one of like WCW's big events. Mm. You know, similar to, I mean, it's not the biggest event, but it's, it's up there. It's a bit like SummerSlam or maybe Royal Rumble, something like that. Yeah. So what they did was they put a first person camera on the referee. Oh, really? So that you could see the match. Yeah. So, and, and, what, but, and what year was this? 1991. <laughs> so, as I said, it's an eight-man tag. So you've got some good wrestlers in this match, by the way. But you can only see what the ref's seeing. So, as you probably know, watching a, a match, the referee doesn't always see everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, one reason this isn't going to work. So, on one team, you had Sting. The Steiners and a guy called El Gigante, who is terrible. Okay. On the other team, you've got the Diamond Stud, which was Scott Hall before he was, uh, what was he in WWE? Oh, I can't remember. But it's Scott Hall. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher, which is, you, you know Abdullah the Butcher, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got Big Van Vader. Okay. And you've got Cactus Jack. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, right, okay. I've got a few questions. Right. So, this lever, <laughs> is it in the... First cage or the second cage? It's in the outside cage. Right, okay. So then, wait, but wait, whoa, there's a funny thing about the lever. So during this, this is the only time they've ever done this match and it's probably for this reason. The, <laughs> le the lever repeatedly kept falling down. <laughs> so there was two referees, I think, and the referee kept having a claim up on the corner and putting the lever up. As you do. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, do you have to climb out the first cage, well, the inner cage, to get to, to pull the lever? No. 
Is it a door? You're all, you're all in on the inside of the cage. He's on a wall of the cage. Right. I mean, despite all of that, the <laughs> thing that gets me is the the camera on the ref. One, I'm, I'm quite shocked that they had a camera like on the ref in 1991. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it's quite... You know, it's ahead of its time, but... Yeah. But, like you said, the referee, it, it, it turns and it, you know what I mean? There's always action going on somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, they did show, they did have cameras on the outside, but like I said, it was quite difficult to see. So they would use the first person view quite a lot. Um, it just sounds like a train wreck. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't good to watch. It's not good. It's, a, it's comical. It's like carry on wrestling. <laughs> So the when, fact the lever, the, when I say the lever keeps falling down, it's like yeah. sometimes. So what, when they actually do pull a lever, and then the person who was it that got shocked? Right. So what happened was Abdullah the butcher was had put one of the stainers. I can't remember which one it was because at the time they looked similar. I'd put one of the stainers in the chair. Now, when that was going on, Cactus Jack's seen it. He's on Abdullah the Butcher's team. So he's slow, doing a slow sort of um, going up to the lever that's fell down about 20 times. And he's holding it. He's checking. Yeah, Stainer's in. Now, when he turns away, the Stainer brother grabs Abdullah the Butcher and puts him in the chair. Right, and Cactus yes, Jack electrocutes his own teammate. Right, okay. Now, what happens is... Abdullah is he's selling it. He's doing the whole like shaky thing. Um, there's fireworks going off. However, why, why fireworks? It's, it, honestly, you've got to see it. It's ridiculous. However, right, <laughs> one thing that annoys me about it is right. Have you seen the green mail? Mm-hmm. Well, you know the electric chair, chair in it. Yeah. For yeah. it to work, they have to put the thing on your head. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Abdullah the butcher is sat in the chair, and the thing that's meant to go on his head is about six inches off it. And he just, oh, it's, <laughs> it's such a train wreck. They've never done it again. The commentators have no idea what's going on. They just can't believe what they're watching. Uh, wow. And whose whose idea was this? Do you know what? I'm not sure. It was '91, so it was before Bischoff sort of appears. So it would be like whoever used to run. I mean, it just, it's just, it's honestly, it's comical. You need to watch it just to be like, I can't believe what I'm watching. Yeah, it sounds horrendous. <laughs> so what were the fans like in the arena if they couldn't really see that much? Were they, were they still, oh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you can't, you can't see, but you're very like, it's very like, distorted what you can see it's the, the, the cage is terrible I just I mean, don't imagine paying you know a large amount of money to get a ringside seat and then you can't really see what's going on yeah oh and also after this match abdullah the butcher gets up and has a go at cactus jack for being electrocuted and they sort of have a lot of fight. It's fine after they have a ding shot. dong, and then he tries to chase the stainers down the ramp. Wow! Why were the fireworks? I can understand like sparks <laughs> going up. Why fireworks? 
It was, well, I think it was made a little like sparks, but it was literally like fireworks going off. Wow. Yeah, I Honestly, can't you need to why see why it. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> I just remember when I first got the network, I thought, oh, I used to love WCW. Let's go through all the uh, the pay-per-views. And I watched uh, the Halloween Havocs like in one week. And I just remember seeing us thinking, what is this? 1991 was I'm, I'm bad. I'm going to have to watch it, you know. <laughs> it's worth a watch. It's terrible. But it's terrible. So I'm not yeah. saying it's good. But it's one of them you just think, <laughs> what's he doing? I look forward to that. <laughs> right, let's, yeah, it's... let's do a contrast and let's, let's do a good match. Good stipulation. Yeah. Right, now, I've gone with one which not many people have heard of. Um, I've gone with a scramble match. A scramble match? Scramble match. Any idea? what it could be i'm trying to think right the only thing i can think of when i hear scramble is um what they did do you know like xfl yeah so i don't know if you watched the documentary on it but they had like a scramble at the start of each match where each team had a runner who would run towards the ball and right, they, would call no. it, they would call it a scramble but right, they had to okay. stop doing it because the players kept falling over and breaking like a wrist or something. <laughs> right, okay. No, uh, so that's yeah, this, um, that's all I can think of. There's only been four in the entire history. Right. One, um, yeah, three was in the one night. So three of them, three out of four of these matches, was in one um, pay-per-view, Unforgiven, 2008. Um, and it was for the Raw title, SmackDown title, and ECW title. And then a year later, that backlash 2009. But I'm going to concentrate on the um, Unforgiven 2008 uh, pay-per-view. So a scramble match is, I'll read you the rules now. So it's a 20-minute time limit. Two superstars enter first, sort of like a wide rumble. Um, two, enter, two, enters, two superstars enter at the same time. Then every five minutes another superstar enters and you can pin, you can submit everything, everything you can in one form and if you get a pin during that 20 minutes you are the champion but whoever's the champion at the end of the 20 minutes wins the belt. Ah. Do, do, are you with me? Yes, yeah, so kind of like kind of like the 24-7 sort of idea but just during that one match yeah so did, and, what what belt did they do this for so yeah so on unforgiven 2008 it was the raw title smackdown title and the ecw title what all of them oh no sorry so yeah yeah um, one one match was raw for the raw yeah because there was three matches yeah 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 oh, yeah. yeah yeah and then yeah oh, later wow. for the backlash <clears throat> now i don't know why they stopped the match because i love I love this match. Um, like, so um, for the ECW title, it was Matt Hardy, The Miz, Charvo, Mark Henry, who was the champion, and Finley. Wow. And do you know what? Unforgiven, the, the matches, the, the scramble match, was such good matches. Um, 
and even the other one for the uh, starts for the ECW title, one for the SmackDown title was um, it was Batista, uh, Rey Mysterio, um, and there's there's a few other superstars, but there was meant to be CM Punk. CM Punk um, didn't enter. Chris Jericho took his place. Right. So the belt was switching. Um, and Batista had it for most of the match because Batista was cleaning house. Jericho comes in. Now, Jericho's already had a match previous in that event. So he's, he's, um, he's like, he's, you can tell, you know, he's not walking straight. He's injured, comes into the ring, gets floored by Batista. And um, Batista pins RVD to get the belt. Mm -hmm. There's about 10 seconds left. Batista is celebrating. Chris Jericho comes in under the ropes, sneaks in, pins behind Batista's back and wins the belt. And Batista's is shocked, he's fuming. He's just lost the belt in essentially 10 seconds. Oh, wow. But I think it's such a, it's such a good idea it's about saying, how you know, the belt switches. It, yeah, it does sound good. Um, how does that go on, like, on your records, though? Yes, so I, on the ECW title, Matt Hardy um, had, um, say, well, yeah, so ECW title, Matt Hardy was, um, had, he won the match, but uh, Chavo mm -hmm. had the belt during the match, but Chavo does not get a, um, he does not, um, recognition about it. Yeah, recognition, he's not recognition. Uh, recognised champion because it's not officially a champion until the 20 minutes is over. Right, I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just think it's a, such a good, you know, idea of just this kind of, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone for themselves, he's, he's champion and he's a champion and then, you know, 20 minutes is over and then the last one with the belt wins the belt. Yeah. Um, I think and, that's... I just love that idea and I think, you know, if you feel in there with um, some mid card and some you know main eventers right now. So you stick in you know, let's stick in. Um, let's uh, so Drew McIntyre. You threw yeah. in uh, the bro, Matt, <laughs> Matt Riddle, or just Riddle. Yeah. You have all these superstars who are kind of completely different in their own way. Yeah, I yeah. think I think it would definitely be a good match to watch because it's like you said. Because I demise as well. Just thinking from WWE's perspective, it's good to when when the crowds are back to hear the reaction when someone suddenly gets a belt during that twenty minutes. What kind of reaction yeah. they get? Well, on the ECW uh, title when Matt Hardy won it, the crowd went insane, and you mm. know what I mean like it was. I guess it was kind of an upset because he, he won it off Mark Henry. He was a champion at that point. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like quite a good one. That's, that's so you had, that, you had three in that one now. When was the other one? Uh, a year later, a backlash. Right, and who was that? One, What's that? Title was, what title was that for? Uh, that was the uh, World World Heavyweight uh, Championship. So they've done it for like decent belts as well. Yeah, it's definitely it sounds interesting. I've never seen them. Mm. Again, I don't know how I've missed them. Maybe I have and not even realised what was going on. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I think I forgot it, it existed for a while. I, mean, I remembered it when I was 
kind of recalling <laughs> it, it does it does ring a bell but i remember like around that time is when i was like working behind the bar and we were showing it so it was most probably that i've seen it and not realized mm -hmm. what was going on because i don't think i had commentary on but yeah that sounds pretty good what have you got for your first um good stipulation now, Matt? All, all my, my good ones, people will know. Okay. However, I don't think people appreciate how good they are for, like, watching. So my first one will go with an Inferno match. It's just a well before, before, I'm just going to interrupt you for a second. Um, it's just been announced, it's breaking news, just before we did this podcast, that um, at TLC is going to be an Inferno match. Is there? Yeah. Against who? The Fiend and Randy Orton? The Fiend and Randy Orton. How can you set Randy Orton on fire? He has like little pants on. <laughs> um, well, I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't think it, it would be... It probably would be set fire. Is he going to wear a tracksuit? <laughs> I just don't know how that's going to work for me. Well, it's like, right. I just thought you'd follow it. I didn't know that. I've seen the yeah. thing where he, he set him on fire, didn't he, on, um, was it Raw? Yeah. Raw well, like I said, it was breaking news just before we went on the, before we had Raw recording. So, there's a couple of things with an Inferno match. So, there was a, the first one ever was in Puerto Rico. I don't know if this is where WWE got their idea, but how they did it was, this was in 1987, a good year, because it's the year I was born. They soaked the ropes in like uh, a flammable liquid and just set the ropes on fire and had a match yeah. inside it. But that was basically all they did with that. So then you skip forward sort of, 20 odd years and you've obviously got the Kane character and they come up with this match. Now how WWE did it, they really like planned this quite well, which just something else I want to talk about that happened around the same time and they didn't plan it very well and it didn't work. But I think cause they really planned this, but it was two of the biggest stars at the time. So you've got, the first one was against Kane and Undertaker. So the concept of it is that you've got to set your opponent on fire. Yeah. Yeah. But what they did is, it's hard to explain, isn't it? It's sort of, they had like flames surrounding the ring. And then you have to set your opponent on fire. Now, Kane's been in every Inferno match there's been. There's only been four. I didn't know there was um, that many. Yeah, there's four. Okay, like I said, Kane's been every one, in every one because it's sort of his match. So it's weird that the Fiends and Randy Orton and there's no Kane. It'll be the first time. Um, however, what I didn't realise is that they had one at a Raw. So you had one at Unforgiven, 98. And then a year later, they had one at Raw. Okay. So... Um, which was against The Undertaker as well, which he lost. So Kane has lost the first two Infernos and it's meant to be his match. 
His third one was against Triple H. Uh, and did he win that match? Which was... Against Triple H. That was at a Smackdown as well, that was in 99. Uh, no, Triple H won. Okay. He's, he's only won one match and that was against MVP in 2006, which is the most MVP? recent one. MVP? Yeah. What a weird match. <laughs> I know. When I read it, I was like, really? Like, why is MVP getting an Inferno match? <laughs> that's so weird. That's, so that's you, really putting me off that. Yeah, so to, like I was saying, to set up the match, they actually got people from Hollywood involved and in how they would go about it. Because yeah, what they it did was... was very much kind of big production, weren't it? Yeah, they came up with the idea and then was like, right, well, how do we do it? And uh, so they, they had stuntmen involved, how they would set Kane alight and stuff like that. But um, I, mean, I don't know if, you, if you've read about this, but uh, it's especially on the new documentaries that are coming out about The Undertaker and Kane. The Undertaker yeah. says that during that match, the heat is just unbearable. And yeah. the, you know what I mean? They can't really breathe. It's, it's not good to wrestle in, in that infernal match. Yeah, because they were controlling the flames as well. So. Yeah, somebody that was in the mat, the, yeah. the tech guy would bump up the flames. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing match to watch. Yeah. Like you said, it must have been so hot. Because uh, I think we mentioned it before, when we went to see Raw and The Undertaker came back, they did the flames. And the, how far back we were, you could feel the heat of the flames on you. Yeah, and you could smell so, it as well, couldn't you? You could so, smell like... So imagine being surrounded by that. I know. I, I don't even know how they got past insurance for that match either, because it's so dangerous. But it's quite wow. controlled. I know I mean, that actually, you make a good point. I wonder how they're going to do it now, because, you know what I mean, safety and mm. everything is very much of the time, isn't it? So I remember around that time, um, now, I was just thinking about this before, right? You know, you had the just to go off topic slightly do you remember the magic show you had with the masked magician telling you to do magic tricks yeah yeah it was on bravo yeah. wasn't it yeah he had to tie his identity because the magic circle would do yeah. things to him so at the time there was one released that i remember watching about um wrestling and how yes. wrestling's done it's done yeah. in the same sort of style um so I, I think that's when, I'm sure that's around the time people started saying, oh, it's not actually what you think it is. You know, in school, because they'd seen it. I think it was on Channel 5. Yeah. Don't use the F word. <laughs> I didn't. Good. I just said it wasn't what you think it is. Yeah. But I remember um, one of my mates at the time <laughs> telling me that the fire wasn't real. It was like a fire you can get where it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> like, Amazing. Totally, totally lying to it. Because uh, he said it again. Uh, it's just people bullshit so much. So, you know, and, the, um, um, I'm just wondering, John, where is he now? Do you know? <laughs> I've no idea. I'm not, <laughs> I remember the uh, Hell in a Cell with Cactus Jack and um, Triple H, you know, when he gets set with the. Uh, the barbed wire that was on fire, sort of. Yeah, back. that was insane. 
And he's like, oh, it's fake. It's, it's rubber bar wire, that. And the fire, yeah. it's a fire you can touch there. It. it doesn't burn you. It's cold. <laughs> I bet he's That's... like trolley boy at Tesco or something now, isn't he? <laughs> Nothing oh, against, God. you know, trolley boys, but... But it was before internet, so you had no way of, like, looking up. You know what it's like when you... Yeah. When you mates tell you something, you're just like, yeah, yeah, of course, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I've still not found this fire that you can touch in this cold, but <laughs> go. uh, now WCW did their own attempt at it. Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. It's not. I watched it. It's, it's bizarre. So they obviously couldn't call it an inferno match because there was a bit to and fro about them using each other's sort of named things. So they called it a Human Torch match. Right. And that, this was in 2000, at the Great American Bash. And I, I, I need to stop telling you bad things about WCW, because believe me, there was some good things. And oh, this, yeah. this was terrible. So this was Bring against... Bring Robocop down. <laughs> this was Sting. Sting, yeah. I, I've got to say, Sting got a really bad... A bad go at things there, then <laughs> it's just not a, anything he's involved with. Just, just, just seems to be ridiculous. Mm. So he's staying against Vampiro, and they have this match, but it's not it's not set up the same way as WWE did, where the fire was surrounding the ring, but it was still the same outcome. So you had to. There was only one torch. This thing came in with. <laughs> right. And the idea was that you had to set the other one on fire. Right. With this with this torch. Yeah. So Van Vampiro comes in, he's got a, a can of petrol with him, and he's waiting in the ring. Sting appears, he's at the top of the Titan Tron, or whatever WCW called it, and he's got the torch. And he's like, if you want to set me on fire, you're gonna come up here. You gotta come up here. By the time, I think Vampire was doing that, he was just scared of heights. <laughs> so he couldn't go up. So then, so Sting's left the torch at the top of the Titan Tron, and he's abseiled down. They start fighting. They eventually, they make it back up to the top of the Titan Tron. And it's uh, so bad. So Sting and the match gets covered in petrol. And, I mean, it must have been amazing watching it live, but watching it on thing you can see there's a clear swap because I think they used a stunt man to be set on fire. So yeah. Sting basically Sting's trousers get set alight. So when you're you know Kevin you're at the top of the Titan Tron, your legs are on fire, what do you do? What's what's the sensible thing to do? Well I know what I know what WCW do. Did they jump <laughs> off is it like a tiny pool or something? Yeah, water? well, there's no like stop, drop and roll going on. Yeah. He, and the commentators, you can tell, you need to see it, the commentators can tell how bad this is. Because it's just like, well, of course, why was he jumping off? Maybe he didn't know what he was doing. He jumps off and he lands on a landing mat, which is clearly marked. There's a white spot for the guy to <laughs> jump on. It's clearly not Sting, because what they do then... So he falls, he's on fire, he falls to this landing mat. There's about 20 referees <laughs> all putting a fire extinguisher on him. So he's all smoke, mm. so you can't see Sting at all. Because it's obviously not really Sting that's done this sort of stunt. 
and that was the end of the match. And the commentators were just like, I can't believe what I've just seen there. Why does Sting jump? Why did he? Why, <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you meant to do when your legs are on fire and all this? It was just like, silly. Wow. And it, he is that lane, he's got kids. <laughs> 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 but really? it's terrible. Again, it's just terrible. Well, I mean, the Inferno match for WWE was really good. Yeah, every one I've seen, I've not seen the MVP one, but every other one is good and it's worth... It is Because it, it feels like more an event, I think, because there's not many of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's always... Yeah, it's just, it's a real spectacle of a match to watch. Yeah, in my head, that's what I just imagine Vince doing. What you know, finding out the match, amazing. It's gonna be a spectacular event. <laughs> yeah, spectacular. <laughs> uh, it's just, it just baffles me though that they went. Well, we'll just have a match where you're surrounded by fire and you've got to set when you're on fire. They it's don't know so well, how are we going to do that. They. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just for right. It's just well, so Vince McMahon, isn't it? Right, yeah. we need some big, we need some fire, brilliant, let's do it. How are we going to do it? We'll, we'll work that out later, let's just get it done. Well, that's what happened with the, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know your picks, but that's what happened with the Elimination Chamber and why it's so brutal is because they didn't think, oh, let's make this look really good and it's safe for the wrestlers to use. They literally just built it. And it's painful for the wrestlers to use because it's literally just chains and yeah. Sometimes, sometimes our thinking isn't always the best. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> idea first, and then how we're going to do it later. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Let me go on to my um, other match that I think is just oh, just embarrassing. So. <laughs> this is called a gravy ball match. A gravy ball match. Mhm. Mm God. Right. So it's it's Thanksgiving um, in America. <laughs> Quite, uh, of course, it is. Nineteen ninety nine. So it's Ivory versus uh, Jacqueline. Oh God. Now it is a, like a paddling pool full of gravy. And it's, it's, it doesn't look nice, it's not thick, it's just thin water gravy, you know, it, it doesn't look nice at all. Um, and Kitty, drummer Kitty the Diva, she was the special yeah. referee. And these, the, the, Ivory and Jacqueline are wrestling, they're slipping all over the place. Uh, Jacqueline wins in about two minutes. There's a funny moment where uh, Jacqueline gets uh, Ivory and does like, not, sort of like a face buster and there's just gravy yeah. splatting everywhere. <laughs> so Jacqueline pins Ivory. Jacqueline, she goes, she goes off. Ivory, she's fuming. You know, she's slipping all over the place. Who does she have a go at? The referee. So she pulls Kitty, who's been trying to kind of get away from this gravy, you know, trying to um, not, not get splashed. So Ivory pulls her in, slaps her, splashes her, all kind of stuff. Uh, it's just, it just looks embarrassing. <laughs> but it gets worse. The EMTs, the paramedics, come to make sure that Ivory is okay. And uh, there's this EMT who um, is helping Ivory out. And Ivory's, you know, she's feeling, she's like, get off me, get off me. And she pulls. <laughs> 
the shirt off this paramedic, this EMT. And so she's in a bra. This EMT, I know two reasons why they've used the. <laughs> let's just let's just leave it as that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Are you saying she may not have been an EMC, Karen? I, I definitely <laughs> do not think she was. <laughs> um, oh, so then God. She gets pulled in, and then they're wrestling, and obviously the king is commenting on it. Uh, puppies. Yeah, well, no, I, I don't think he says that. So it's uh, the coachman, and uh, the coachman's saying, that's disgusting, this poor lady, this poor EMT, Put yourself in, in her shoes. How would you feel? What does the king say? <laughs> ha, ha, have a guess. What do you think the king would say? How, how would you feel? With both hands? Mm, sort of. Uh, <laughs> I'd, rather, um, I'd rather put myself in her cups. <laughs> Which coachman is... Oh. Yeah, no, coachman is like, what? You can tell he's generally shocked. Um, I'd rather put myself in her cups. It's just, the commentary is just, it's horrible. The fact that the women have to fight in a gravy bowl, never I mind mean, they wanted to do it or not, they shouldn't be doing it. What was the storyline leading up to that though? Who decided, I want to wrestle you in gravy? Was well, there any of that? Or is it just... It's because it was Thanksgiving, they're like, um, let's fight in a, uh, in a gravy so bowl. bad, isn't it? Yeah. But there's, there's one two years later, um, Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler, um, which isn't any good either. <laughs> Even if you think Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler are good looking women, or whatever, it's not a good match, and it's not good for, it's not good for women wrestling. No. I would rather but... see Charlotte Flair drop kick Trish Stratus right in the face, and, you know, and do like a... Um, a figure four leg lock, then fighting a ball of gravy. Yeah. It's just, it's just horrendous. Like, why do these matches exist? He just matches at the same, which is terrible. So, that's all I'm going to say on that one. But it's just, these matches should not, I mean, Luckily, they don't really exist anymore because of, you know, the women evolution, which is, which is obviously amazing. But yeah, back then there were some horrible ones, like the bras and panties match and stuff. They were just terrible. Yeah, it's just of the same. I mean, it's not a good thing, but it's just what happened in them. Yeah. Right, go on, let's oh, wow. have your, your next one. I there's two. I can't believe there's two of them. I know. Well, there was another uh, one um, on NXT as well, I think, in um, very early stages of NXT. Oh. Okay, so I think what I'm about to talk about, they're all in WCW again. <laughs> so sometimes I like this match because it makes sense, right? I don't think anything WCW does make sense. No, this match does. Sometimes. Okay. Let me just get to that. There's, these are three examples that I've seen and I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? Right? So, Apex on a pole match. 
Yeah. Right. I, I I do know this match, and I know I think I know where you're going with this one. With the three examples of bad ones, but usually with a, on a pool match, it would be like it'll be a weapon on a pool usually, and if you use the weapon, you win. Yeah. Yeah. You worth money. Yeah, yeah. These matches aren't like that at all. They make no sense. I mean, that, I've, there's been like a chair on a pool match. I see. Right. Um, John. Hello. Okay. So there's been stuff like uh, a chair on a pool match, which again, you know, you get the chair from the pool. You use the chair, you win the match. Now these three, oh, I'll do it in this order. So the this match is called. It's a put on a pole match, right? But they're never used on a pole in the title of the match. I've no idea why. I think because people were sick of on a pole matches in WCW. This was called a San Francisco 49er match. Are you with me? It's American football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was Booker T. Oh, I can't remember who he was against but it's Booker T I've, it's famous for the Booker T moment isn't it? this was a match for the WCW Championship which at the time they were just thrown out around the place like somebody was winning it every week right mm-hmm. so in each <laughs> corner of the ring is a pole yeah yeah with like a wooden box and the idea is the belt is in one of the boxes and if you get the box, if you get the belt, you, you win the match. Kind of like money in the bank, you've got to get the ring. But you've got to guess which box has the belt in. Right, okay, so I'm confused with the American football term. I've no idea. I've no idea. I don't know if it's some reference to them. All right, so these are what was, um, I think this is in order, what was in each box. So you, it's a kind of hardcore match for a belt. What would you want in your frost box, Kieran? Well, the, the belt. Apart from the belt, the belt's obviously going to be last. Oh, okay. So then you, you'd want a weapon, wouldn't you? You want like a kendo stick, uh, so like brass knuckles. Yeah, yeah. A bat. But, yeah, American football. So maybe like. A chain. I don't get the sense. I don't get the reference to American football. But yeah, what's, what, what's in it? Because it's ECW. I know it's going to be something weird. It's WCW. But yeah. So it was a blow up doll. What? <laughs> it was a blow up sex doll. Why? Exactly. ECW. Why? What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, right. Second box. You've you've had the disappointment of the blow up doll. What are you what are you want in your second box? I'll give you a clue. These don't get better. <laughs> right. Okay. So let's think. It's ECW to the nineties. We just had a blow up doll, sex doll. Um, I'm gonna go with um, a gym mask or um, maybe none of them like chains that you put in your mouth with the, with the, the ball in your mouth. <laughs> no. No. If only. It was a coal miner's glove. <laughs> what? 
A cool mailer's glove. That's what you want in a match. <laughs> My head hurts. Just, I don't understand. But just remember as well, they didn't want to tarnish this match with on a pole match, so they gave it a special name. It's like they've done like um they've got like a hat full of you know just random stuff and they go right we'll call it oh, and then the American football term and we'll have yeah. the box pull it out oh sex doll yeah and the other one we'll pull out <laughs> cool mailer's glove right so the third one so you've had them two obviously no help to you you're trying to find this belt you want to get this belt you're going for the championship. Yeah. What are, you, what are you thinking? I'm guessing the belt's not in there or something like Is it like no. Saw where you have to do a puzzle to get the belt <laughs> or something? No. We're only on the third. There's four boxes, so... Oh, there's another box. box. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, let's have a look. In a box, I would say... Um, let's see. Um, so, that's not useful. So, Dead Bazaar. I would say a rubber ducky. Ooh, no. It was a picture of Scott Hall. <laughs> like sign, like sign <laughs> picture. Uh, I'm not sure if it was signed, it was just a picture of him. So they've also done it like, like um, so like you open the box and it's like a, a boogie prize, isn't it, or something? It's I like a parcel, isn't it? Oh, you're getting a little sweet, uh, a little one-pound toy in the middle. <laughs> it's just so anyway, so then three get opened, you get to the fourth one, it's the last box. Yeah? Right. Booker T, Booker T climbs up. He touches the box. The belt just falls to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the referee... So, Booker T's on this turnbuckle looking down at the belt on the, on the mat because it's just fell out with no Brilliant. effort at all. So Amazing. the referee has to awkwardly hand him the belt and then that's him champion. Honestly, you, you, you don't sell WCW like this doesn't make it any more appealing to me. That's Remember, there's, I've got two of the matches yet. That was only one of them. <laughs> I know one. I know one of them, I believe. Yeah. Maybe the next one. Or the, you probably know two. So the, the next one is Judy Bagwell. No. That's oh, no. Yes. No, I do know this one because you, you introduced me to this match. Yeah. Judy Bagwell it, on a pole match. So this is the mother. Is it the mother of a wrestler? Yeah. So you've got Buff Bagwell. Yeah. No, I remember it was, it was like kidnapped his mom. Somebody kidnapped his mom who was in a match with him. Yeah, as you do. So he's trying to get him to come to the match. So he puts him on top of, it's not on top of a pole, it's on top of a forklift. Yeah, it's on a forklift high up. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen so we have this yeah. match. This match is just ridiculous. It's just bizarre. Was it not Halloween Havoc? I think it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. David Arquette does a run-in. Yes. I've ever seen this match and I've just a bit like Why? there's no real story to it. It's just no, it's just thrown together. The fact is it's, it's called Judy Bagwell in a pole match. But like I said to you, the reason for pole matches usually is 
you get a weapon, you use the weapon, you win. What's the point? Why is Judy Bagwell on top of a forklift overseeing this match? Just use the mother as a weapon. But she, she's, no, she's of no use. I don't understand it. It's just bizarre. It's ridiculous. That poor so, woman. <laughs> uh, right, the like, last one that you said. Hello, Mum. Right, okay, I know you I know you want to come see me wrestle. Well, I've got this idea for you. <laughs> yeah. That's just I mean she would have got paid, to be fair. It's on top of a forklift, I mean it's bizarre. Yeah. And the last one which you've said is Viagra on a pole match. Again, you're meant to use what's on the pole as a weapon and you win the match. Why is a Viagra on a pole? I mean, to be fair. S Storyline wise, so what happened was this is a match against um, Shane Douglas and Billy Kidman. Right. And storyline wise, Shane Douglas is dating Billy Kidman's ex-girlfriend okay and Billy Kidman makes a joke that he can't get it up he needs Viagra so you say that what do you think oh let's have a match where the other one's got a force feed the other one Viagra and that's what they do <laughs> however just, I, I don't understand the match was won by a pin and they both tried to feed each other Viagra did they both eat Viagra, just one of them? I think, I mean, I don't think it's really Viagra, but like, they both tried to feed each other it. It's really weird. Viagra on a pole match. Why isn't that in any of the uh, WWE games? <laughs> <laughs> so, on a pole match, what do you think? Next pay-per-view? <laughs> Oh God! I mean, Imagine I know it. there's been um, there's been a Canadian pole match in wrestling, hasn't there? Uh, yeah, something to do with the flag, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's been a few, but they're just not very really good, are they? None of these not... ones made any sense to me. Like, yeah, but even when they do make sense, they're not they don't they're not exciting. It's <laughs> it's a bit of a dull match anyway. Yeah, I mean, out of all them to watch, they've all got comical elements in it. Especially the one with uh, Booker T trying to get a belt and it just falls on the mat. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. I feel sorry for Booker T in that. But he becomes champion from it. Yeah. Wow. That's on a pole match. You might be a bit shocked with my next one. One. Now, hear me out. When you hear this match, you think, oh, God. But I'm going to try and defend it. Okay, I've gone with a hair vs hair match. Oh god. Now see, I need to do that. Stop it, right? Just hear me out. <laughs> to be fair, well, go on. I mean, it is a, it's a traditional I, I match. I love it. I think it's quite exciting because normally the story is, you know, the, the rest is getting into an argument and someone's got long, you know, hair and their hair is kind of more or less the image. Yeah. And there's a chance they're going to get the hair cut off. It's quite an exciting kind of, oh my God, you know, Kurt Angle might be bald. And it, mm -hmm. it, it is an exciting kind of outcome that it might, it might actually happen. I only um, remember two, maybe three nights at Kurt Angle. Yeah, there's been uh, 
there's been three. Well, well, I'll get to that. So, uh, Chris Jericho and um, Kevin Nash. Ooh. Now, this match, despite the Herbie's hair match, it was a fantastic wrestling match. The, the you know Kevin Nash and uh, Y2, Y2J, um, great wrestlers, and they, on, they put on a great show. And then in the end, Chris Jericho uh, gives him a low blow uh, while the referee isn't looking, and he pulls out the knuckle dusters from his boots and um, you know soccer soccer punches Kevin Nash, and he pins him. And um, as he pins him, he gets the razors and shaves off Kevin Nash's. Well, no, so he cuts off his hair, uh, cuts off big chunks of his hair. Um, now, retrospects, Kevin Nash only did that because he had a new part in the in the film, The Punisher, the Marvel film. Yeah. Anyone seen the film? He plays the that hench sailor. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's that's the that's the first one. Um, yeah. The second one was. Two Divas, any idea who? Two Divas? Yeah. It was no WrestleMania idea. 20. Mm. It was... What year Molly was that? Polly oh. And yeah. um, Victoria. It's Molly Holly now, caught her hair short, didn't she? Well, yeah, that, so that, that was just before... Um, so she's lost in shed. She got strapped into the into the chair, and she was, you know, her head shaven. And I, I remember watching this match, thinking, "Oh my, she's actually shaving her hair," because you know, I mean, women's hair, you know, is yeah, you know, it was quite a shocking thing. And that that's what I'm trying, that's what I'm trying to portray is this like shock element of they're actually cutting their hair. Yeah. Um, the next one. Um, so this one is kind of a heavy hair match. So it's Rey Mysterio and CM Punk. Yeah. So back to this is CM Punk is kind of doing what Seth Rollins is doing now. He's you know that kind of Monday Night Messiah. So that's what CM Punk was uh, back then, and he wanted Rey Mysterio to join his Punk Straight Edge Society. So if CM Punk won the match, Rey Mysterio will join his his team. If Rey Mysterio won, he would cut off CM Punk's hair. Mm. But I never thought there's no way CM Punk's going to cut, you know, going to get his hair cut. There's no way. Um, but this match, yet again, is a, it's a brutal match. Rey Mysterio handcuffs um, CM Punk to the ropes. Um, and even before that, they get busted open, CM Punk does. And there's blood everywhere. It's a, it's a bloody match. Um, and then finally, Rey Mysterio gets the pin and wins, and he starts to shave off CM Punk's hair. God. And you know, it's it's that moment of like, oh my god, that's what does it for me. That this heavy hair match. Yeah, I think. See, it's only. Are you sure there's only been three? No, there's been two more. Uh, I was going to say. Now the, these, uh, these are the more famous ones. I remember one with Jeff Jeff Jarrett. Yes, uh, yes, but that wasn't WWE. I don't think. I think it was. Uh, I think it it was WWE. All right. Yeah. Okay. So there's the Kurt Angle and Edge match. Yeah. Now, 
I had no idea who was going to win this because in my head, Kurt Angle isn't going to get his head shaved because he's an Olympic champion. You know what I mean? He's, you know, like, it, just, it just didn't make sense for him. But then Edge had this long mm. hair. Yeah. And she didn't know who was going to win. Right at the end, I didn't know who was going to win. And when Kurt Angle lost, it was so funny because Kurt Angle kept running away from Edge backstage, if you remember. Mm. And um, there used to be little vignettes right through the pay-per-view where Angle's hiding behind a newspaper and stuff while Edge is running, trying to find him. And in the end, Edge ca- catches up with him, beats him up and kind of puts him in the chair. And um, Angle's back, kind of knocked out in the chair and Edge is shaving his, his head. And then he slaps him. Angle wakes up and he realises his head is shaved. And he, um, oh he goes mental, doesn't he? And he wears that, uh, that head strain. Hey, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I mean, it was just so funny. And I, I just loved the whole build-up and the, the outcome and then the finish of the match. Mm. It's, then, quite, it's definitely quite a spectacle, isn't it? The hair versus... Yeah, I, I love it. I know it's a bit daft, but I love it. And then the most famous one is with... I was going to say the current president, but he, he isn't the current president anymore, is he? Um, uh, well, technically, no. Yes, for yeah. another couple of weeks. Yeah, let's not get into politics. But mm-hmm. it was um, Trump these Vince Man. Yeah. Now, this was like a took of war because I was thinking in my head, Vince McMahon isn't going to get his head shaved because he's, he's Vince McMahon, there's no way. Mm. But Donald Trump isn't going to get his head shaved because it's Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, he's a millionaire versus mil- uh, millionaire, or, or even millionaire, mm. sorry. And... The build-up to the match was fantastic. Um, Donald Trump wrestling, maybe not so great. Mm. It was bizarre, well, wasn't it? It was a bit bizarre. But Vince McMahon lost and it got his head shaved. And like, Vince McMahon sat in that chair getting his head shaved. You was just, you just couldn't believe it. <laughs> this is the, you know, the, the owner of the company is head shaved. Yeah, because, well, he's grown his hair back now, isn't he, as well? It's not as if he was doing it um, yeah. because he was going to have his hair short, which mm. a lot of the times was. I think, like, with the Kurt Angle thing, I'm sure he was starting to go bald is why he ended up oh, really? his hair shift. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure there isn't, an, you know, another motive behind it, but, like I said, I know people go, oh, fuck's sake, a heavy's hair match. But I, I like it. I think it's entertaining. It's yeah. There's a story to it, isn't there? Which yeah. is always good. Um, yeah, I don't mind the hair versus hair. It's just I think I always think of the Donald Trump one because that's probably the most famous one. Mm. But I mean, if you get a chance, you should watch the Chris Jericho Kevin Nash one. Um, yeah. Even well, sorry. Even the Rams Day and CM Punk, the great, the great actual, the actual matches are fantastic. Yeah. It's still a thing, isn't it? Um, weren't they going to do a hair versus hair in WrestleMania? With, with NXT, but then they then uh, decided that she just had to leave the company. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, it may come back. But it's quite... Um, it's quite a famous like match, because I think they, when it was territory days, they would always do that sort of match as well, to certain wrestlers. Yeah. 
the, sorry, there was actually another one uh, way before my time. It was K uh, Jerry the King Lawler um, with Austin Idol. Ooh. So, yeah, and basically Jerry King, uh, Jerry the King Lawler get, uh, gets his head shaven. Um, and that was like 1987, I believe. A good year again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there was another, there was another Heavy's hair match. Um, uh, but yeah, I think it's one of them that comes around every so often, and, and mm. it's just sort if, of. If it's gonna happen again, it needs to be someone with a good lock of hair, you know, like Drew right. McIntyre. Riddle. Yeah. Drew McIntyre versus Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Brock Lesnar. Uh, well, Brock Lesnar yeah. suddenly decided he's going to shave his head because you wouldn't believe that he would ever shave his head. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's that. It's that possibility of, oh my God, they might actually be bald, and it's it's that spot entertainment that uh, that's why I picked the match. Yeah, I mean, good good show. It's a good situation. Okay. What have you got? Well, see again. I said main are well known. Please don't say it's WCW. No. It's, oh, it's probably. It's probably one of my favorite matches. My favorite match is always the Royal Rumble. Yeah. However, this is like a match, and you can have any time. Is Hell in a Cell? Okay. Um, now again, they came up with the idea, but they didn't fully know how to execute it. So they just they'd made this cage with a roof, but they never intended anybody to go on the roof, so they didn't make it sustainable for somebody to be up there. And then mankind came along. Well, yeah. However, when I was reading up about it, there's a lot of things I didn't know. So, obviously, the first Hell in a Cell was the introduction of Kane. Where he ripped the doll off, yeah. So the first one was uh, the introduction of Kane, and it was... Oh, it's fair, isn't it? Under... It was um, Undertaker against Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Do you know what the second match was? Of Hell in a Cell. Well, that was what that was like ninety. That was ninety seven, wasn't it? Yeah. So I always thought the second Hell in a Cell match was the Undertaker against Mankind. Yeah, that was ninety eight. Yeah. However, no, there was the match before it. Okay. And it was on a Raw. And it was a Tornado tag team match. Okay. It was a couple of weeks before the famous Mankind Undertaker match. So it was Kane and Mankind against Stone Cold and Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. Okay. And it's on a Raw. I mean, can you imagine having a Hell in a Cell on a Raw? These days, I don't think it's that happen. Well, is that, was that just a testing out, maybe? I don't know, no, because he's had the first one against Shawn Michaels. Oh yes. I think oh. it was for I think it was for storyline because because um, obviously you had the match Undertaker Mankind, then you had the first blood match with Stone Cold and Kane. So yeah. we're mixing teams up. Um, and then yeah, obviously probably one of the best matches you'll ever see. Mankind and Undertaker. The so it's such a story that it's just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I could never. We could have a whole show just talking about that 
and it, the match is only like six minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well, so I always thought the next. I didn't realise how many. They had Hell in a Cell's on Raw and SmackDowns. Like, <coughs> it seems bizarre to me because it's such a structure to sort of travel. So between. Um, so then. I always thought the next match after that was at WrestleMania and it was Undertaker and Big Boss Man. You know where he hangs the Big Boss yeah. Man? Mm-hmm. There was a match before that um, between Mankind and Taker as well, on a, and it was on a SmackDown, I think. Okay. Which again, imagine just having SmackDown and there's a Hell in a Cell on it. Huh. It's such a big match. This is when uh, it wasn't like um, you see it all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was against Kane and Mankind, sort of, and ended in a no contest. I mean, the Hell in a Cell is one of the best things to come from wrestling. Like, it's just it's such a spectacle. Some of the matches, yeah, I'm, some of the matches I'm are not, unbelievable. I've said this before on here. I'm not the biggest fan of the pay per view of it, simply because they have too many Hell in a Cells. That you know, if there's like four Hell in a Cell matches. The first one, they're not wrecking the cage at all, are they? Because you've got another three matches to go. Yeah, if, if, if you're having a Hell in a Cell, you want someone to go through it, don't you? So, can you guess how many Hell in a Cell matches there's been? I bet, I bet there's been quite a few. Mm. Double, double figures. 45. Shit. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> you, I never knew um, that many. I thought it'd be like, yeah. I was, was going to say about 22. And the three top people who's appeared in um, a Hell in a Cell, any Triple idea H, who they Triple H, Mankind, Undertaker. Undertaker's got the most, he's been in 14. And then it's Triple H, who's now. Yeah. But Ford, which I thought was quite a surprise, but when you think about it, not really, it was uh, Randy Orton. Okay. He's been in eight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's as well, like, we spoke about playing, like, PlayStation games and stuff like that. It's always the one I want to do a match of. Yeah. There's nothing better than just flinging someone off the top of it. <laughs> and it just, it makes wrestling look better you know when you're when you're thrown against the the cage or oh, like triple h is grinding your face across the you know the the metal cage yeah the problem as well with the pay-per-view is is that it's not a big a big deal anymore like when i was watching it i remember when it was um mick foley's retirement match he had to win hell in a cell or he had to retire and it's yeah. what i was speaking about before with the, the flaming sort of barbed wire piece of wood and that. It was a big event that it was going to be in the LSL because there was yeah. it really built up and it was like, you know, it was quite rare of a match to see. The fact that there's been 45 now, it's kind of like... Yeah, that's, that's a lot. It's just too much, isn't it? Yeah. It's still one of my favourite matches to watch if it's done right. Yeah. I mean, you do get some terrible ones, but yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the first one's obviously had so much drama in it, like with the entrance of Kane coming in and 
You had, you know, Sean Michaels and Undertaker coming off the side of it. it didn't yeah. quite make it to the top and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I want to sell. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Are we on our last stipulation that we think is just a farce? Mm, yeah. So. Shall I go? Because mine sort of relates to the last one I spoke to. Uh, yeah, go on then, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, speaking about Hell in a Cell, my next bad one is a match called Hell in a Kennel. Right, okay, now I know this match um, quite well, to be honest, and I know the backstory, <laughs> and it's it's a bizarre one, isn't it? I'll let, yeah, go on. Right, so storyline-wise, um, Al Snow had got rid of head for a while it's like what is it 98 99 it's that kind of thing so this is yeah. around the time of the inferno match so you think how much planning went into the inferno match mm -hmm. and it was amazing this match could have been amazing to see and a real spectacle but this wasn't planned right so storyline wise arsenal gets this dog he calls it pepper and pepper gets kidnapped by the big boss man it all gets filmed. Of course it's filmed. They're in this hotel room, randomly. Big boss man's like, I'm really sorry, I'll give you a dog back. I want to make you a meal to say I'm sorry. So Alson's eating this meal and he's like, oh, do you like the meal? And Alson's like, oh yeah, it's nice, what do you call this? The big boss man's like, oh, I call it pepper steak. And he's like, you're eating your dog. Now what I've found recently, that's actually a true story. And yes. well, based on the true story. Well, it's in Arsenal's book. Yeah. So, Mr. Fuji, um, which some people might know, is he's always with character, he's quite a good ribber. Mm. Um, apparently, his neighbour had a barking dog that just barked all the time. <laughs> and he got really annoyed and killed the dog and decided to put out the stew and he gave the stew to his neighbour to say like I'm sick of your dog barking so you're going to eat him <laughs> um, so yeah so the based off of that story apparently it's true and it's been verified by quite a few people yeah I've, I've heard it a few times so anyway so this happens in storyline mode so as a sort of payback um, they come up with this match. So the idea with the match was that it would be a Hell in a Cell match. Okay, and then on the outside of that would be another cage. And then between these cages would be Rockweilers. Trained to, to, and, to bite. Yeah, so, yeah, to win the match I had to escape through the Hell in a Cell and then the next match while avoiding all the dogs. Which, you know, would have been good if they'd have got trained dogs, trained it to attack them, but not harm them. So I think what happened was, they got the dogs, um, they didn't arrange the dogs to the very last minute, and on the day, they tried bringing up everywhere in the states that they walked, yeah. and they couldn't find any trained dogs that were, like, you know, sort of like police dogs that were trained to bite and then released after a signal. Yeah, yeah. So you think with the Inferno match, like I was saying, that you know, they planned it for months. And then, uh, well, this match, like you said, it was the day of, they sort of just 
went around the local town, who's got a Rottweiler that I can use? Well, it says when, when you watch the match, the owners of the dogs are just standing there with the lead on. Yeah, so in, in the like middle of, in between the out cage and the inner cage, they're meant to be these like Resident Evil dogs, you know, ready yeah. to, to snap. But instead it's just people walking the dogs around. Yeah, it's just pure chaos as well because the dogs are just doing the toilet. They're yeah. you know, humping each other. And Al Snow said in his book, people still bring it up to him you know now mm. and he said it's just it's embarrassing like he just you know it could have been so good it could have been so good like it's just such a shame because uh arsenal wins the match and there's just no reaction from the crowd at all but then there's just no, no arsenal wins the match but then the big boss man still has to get out of the cage without the dogs attacking him not how the dogs will, because they're not trained to bite. Yeah. But the big boss man kind of climbs kind of gingerly over the cage. Yeah, it's just so... It's just... It's just training, yeah. kind of... I like the idea so that... So bad, right? I like the idea that the fox were near the fox, right, let's do this, let's do that. And, it, you know, maybe it's got on paper, but they just haven't... It's very last minute and they just haven't organised anything. Yeah, it's just surprising me. I think it depends where you are on the card. Like, obviously, with the inf I keep saying about the Inferno match, but it was the two biggest stars. Well, that's and one if you watch it, you can tell it's very much like a Hollywood kind of scene. You know what I mean? It's you can tell it's just very well put together. Yeah. When this one isn't. Just it's a shame. I do feel sorry for the people in it because it could have been so good. Yeah. It could have been one that we'd, we'd talk about. I mean, they might have done another one if it had actually worked. Yeah. So, my next one for a terrible match is probably the worst stipulation I've ever come across. And it's recently, John. It's 2020. Any guesses? No. Could it be an eye for an eye? And an eye for an eye match. What oh, on gosh. earth? is Vince McMahon thinking and apparently in this match Vince McMahon had a lot of say about the match so let's, let's just let's just digress right so the um, the I match it's to win the match you have to rip out or gouge out your opponent's eye if you have his eye in your hand you've won the match sort of like a Mortal Kombat you know finisher finish yeah. him yeah <laughs> now it's part entertainment I understand that but how were they gonna get the eye out of the because they weren't gonna pull the eye out obviously and it's sports like, entertainment but there's got to be believability a little bit well yeah we said this before once you've kind of because we know you know we know how it is and <laughs> <laughs> i'm not using that f word i refuse to but <laughs> if you cut the strings and you know like if you reveal how it's done you know what I mean it loses all credibility that's just so I can't believe I watched that match well I watched so, it I just, just I watched it in the in the facts like how are they going to pull this off now Vince McMahon said he wanted to use CGI but then he apparently signed they, against it well apparently they, they actually filmed the CGI yeah so because when when you what when we watched the match live it wasn't actually live 
they'd pre-recorded this yeah. and they'd added in a CGI eye-popping thing and Vince McMahon didn't like the look of it. So the actual wrestling match wasn't great, it wasn't great wrestling, to be honest. No. And it's Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, so two you know, good wrestlers. And um, Steph, Seth Rollins pokes, um, kind of shoves Rey Mysterio's face into the corner of the, of the stairs. And skip forward to the end, he, his eye comes out Rey Mysterio and he's holding this like, you know like them That's... eyes you get at the joke shop? Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of them. And it was it's all, just... uh, the next day it was all over the, the tabloids. Uh, WWE star has eye ripped out and all this stuff. And my friends who are not into wrestling say to me, what the hell is this about? And it's hard to, to defend wrestling when, when this kind <laughs> of shit happens. How can you, how can you meant to, how are you supposed to defend that? It's, you can't, can you? It's utter, just, it's, it's shite. That's what it, it is. You know, I'm always saying it's sort of an art form and, you know, they tell stories and it's all that and then you see that and you're just like why like yeah it it wouldn't have been out of place in wcw it's that bad <laughs> yeah, <and that's> <laughs> something. yeah it's, um, just... it's like you say i was watching it thinking oh there's, there's going to be some interference and they're going to go you know we can't carry on but that's to go through the whole thing and be like oh his eyes and he's still sort of Going along with the fact that he's only got one eye. Yes, Rey Mysterio has like an eye patch, you know, he's, he's covered his eye, hasn't he? To his mask, yeah. So from now on, do you like, believe he has one eye? I thought he was retiring or something like that, do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's cringy. So, I don't want to talk about it anymore because it's just... It's, <coughs> but an it's so cringy. Yeah, yeah, terrible. I think, I think it's up there with one of the worst. Yeah, absolutely. Especially recent times. Do you know, if you'd seen it in like 99, you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, they were just trying to be different. But what are they trying here? In 2020. What, what am I trying? I just don't understand what I'm meant to get out of that. <laughs> it's meant also to the fact, like, I know we mourn that it's PG and that. That's meant to be for kids. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not, is it? He had this weird, like, plastic eye. The, like you said, the match wasn't very good. It was just it was, a, it, was a, it was a really awkward match. It was just literally... <laughs> but you know, like, the one thing that annoys uh, me is, if it happened just with, just with us and, you know, us wrestling fans, we could say, yeah, it was a bit rubbish, but that's fine. But it escaped the outer world. People who weren't yeah. wrestling fans came up and said, what's this about? What's that about? It's literally, how did, how did design come out? I'm going to try and defend mm. it. And it's just, that's what gets me. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. Right, moving on, because that's enough about it. Yeah. That's all the bad ones out of the way as well, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Um... Interestingly enough, all my matches involve The Undertaker in some way. <laughs> yeah, I've got a corker for the next one. Do you want to go first or shall I? Um, I'll go first, yeah. Okay, so a bit of backstory about this. Um, so, Ken Shamrock, he is um, 
he's a trained fighter, you know, he's got lots of different belts, you know, he's Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that kind of stuff, he's, you know, he's trained in a lot of different art forms. And he sees this thing on TV uh, with Dean Malenko, and he says to Dean Malenko, what, what's that? And Dean Malenko says, oh, it's this um, new type of wrestling. So Dean Malenko goes to Miami, gets Ken Shamrock into the pay-per-view, into the actual event. So it's called Pancrace. Um, I've not heard that before, but it's a Japanese hybrid of wrestling. Sort of like a no-holds-bar. Um, Ken Shamrock wins his match, and the audience are cheering for this, this newcomer, this underdog. And Ken Shamrock says in an interview that from then he was just, he wanted to fight more and more in these type of events. Right. Now, after that, um, six months later, was UFC 1. Uh, that was 1993. So it's that kind of era of, you know, the no-holds-bar wrestling. Yeah. So Ken Shamrock fights in UFC, UFC 1, 1993, and it's Ken Shamrock vs. Hoist Gracie. Now, in this interview, Ken Shamrock's like, I had no idea what to expect, and he's thinking, I'm going to fight a guy in his dressing gown. This is pathetic. I'm going to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> But he doesn't. In like, I think it's about two minutes, maybe a bit under, Hoist Gracie just is throwing him all over the place, gets him in a submission. Ken Shamrock taps out and uh, Ken Shamrock says he underestimated UFC completely. Um, yeah. And he, he does a few more tournaments. Um, and then um, he, he wrestled with, with Vincent Mann in WWF at that point. And they're talking about his background and stuff. And Jim Cornell and Vince and Ken Shamrock are on about a Lion's Den match. Now, have you seen the Lion's Den structure? Yeah, it's kind of like, is it like a round ring? Yeah, sort of. So, um, Doesn't look like a UFC ring. Yeah, sort of. They wanted it different from UFC because although at that point they were friends with UFC, they didn't want to copy them or make you know mm. make people think they were you know duplicating what they had so it's a circular ring um, with no ropes it's just the cage and it's kind of no holds bar you can do what you want right um, now how do you know how big a cage match is like a steel cage no uh, it's like 40 feet is it uh so it's 10 feet 10 feet is it yeah yeah the um, I'm thinking of Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell's pretty high, isn't it? Yeah. The actual cage match, yeah. the actual cage structure is 10 mm. feet. The Lion's right. Den structure was 15 feet. Right. So it was, it was quite, quite tall. Mm. Um, and at that point, you have a lot of wrestlers, Ken Tremrock, Steve Blackman, Owen Hart. These, you know, genuinely badass wrestlers. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anyone if anyone knows Brawl for all, you kind of know what I'm on about. <laughs> um, so, Ken Shamrock is talking to Jim Cornell, and Ken Shamrock says, "Wouldn't it be good if we could get Big John McCarthy to to referee the match?" And Jim Cornell's like, "Yes, absolutely." So Ken Shamrock gives his number to Jim uh, gives um, Jim Cornell Big John's number. And uh, the owner at UFC at that point, 
Fiona is uh, uh, Myowitz. He's the owner of UFC at this point. He right. finds out that that Jim Connell's got Big John's number, and he rings Vince, Vince McMahon, and he swears at him, he curses at him, he's screaming, saying, "Are you trying to steal Big John?" And Vince McMahon has explained that wasn't the case. They've just crossed wires. Um, so they didn't get Big John to referee the match. So the first match um, is Ken Shamrock feasts Owen Hart. And it is, it's like a dog fight. Um, so, I'd imagine like Owen Hart could actually like wrestle for real because he had the, um, yeah. his training in the dungeon, didn't he? As yeah, exactly, yeah. And you could, you could see that, you know, they were both doing kind of triangle chokes. Um, you know, they had wrestling, actual wrestling fighting moves. You know what I mean? They were going full for leather with each other. Ken Shamrock kicks the cage and bounces back to spring off the cage. And, it, you know, it looks quite cool. Yeah. Um, Ken Shamrock wins by a submission. Um, and there's a few marks that there's... Um, Ken Shamrock v Steve Blackman, Owen Hart v Steve Blackman. There's quite a few. There's even one with Vince McMahon. Really? Yeah, so what happens is Vince McMahon comes in first and he runs into the, the, the circle and he locks the door. And Ken Shamrock comes down. You know how Ken Shamrock is? Um, he's screaming, he's punching himself and he, yeah. he, he tries to rip the cage and he rips the cage. Um, it well, tests a hole in it, but um, I think Jeff Jarrett comes down and hits him with a chair and then throws him into the, the lion's den. And then Vince McMahon um, gets um, sort of like an angle lock, a very pathetic oh. angle lock. But mm. at that point, Ken Shamrock's already knocked out, so the referee just calls it. So Vince McMahon wins a lion's den match <laughs> against Ken Shamrock. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but like, it's very much of the time. I don't think it would work now. I don't think it would. But back then, it was that kind of UFC was upcoming. Yeah, you had all these legit wrestlers, um, and it's 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 aged really well. Like it still looks really fucking good. Mm. I've never seen it, so I'll have to have a look. Yeah, honestly, it's really it good. Like, good. Um, Owen Hart and Ken Shamrock. It's just it just looks so good. Like I mean, like. It looks like a proper dog fight. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm sure movie. people believed it was. I mean, I'm sure it, it was a shoot, but Is it, was it a shoot? Or was was it sort of? I believe so. Yeah, I'm not 100 sure, but surely it must have been. Maybe because uh, I don't. I think if you're agreeing to be in that sort of match, then you know. But like Ken Shamrock, even Steve Blackman, they're nutcases. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. And, and they could fight. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, um, if you ever get a chance, Lines anyone out there, you definitely give it a watch. What events yeah. was that? Um, where it was it? Was quite a few. Um, there's even there was even one on Raw as well. Um, but the the Lions Den gets the the term from Gladiator Town when you know the gladiators used to be in the Lions Pit against the lion. You either kill yeah. the lion or you get eaten. Yeah. 
That's a bit clever. Yeah, no. it's just it's just a cool match. It looks good. I'm gonna. I'll try and I may have a look at that. Yeah, you definitely should. It's really good. Uh, okay, so, so my last one. one. Balls the Undertaker again. Yeah. Is a buried alive match. Buried alive match. Yeah. So again, it's such a spectacle to see. Such a bizarre match as well because it's like. I know we're on a bit of believability in that, but this is where this is kind of believable and the eye for an eye isn't because you're watching the guy being buried quite Yeah, and it is, it's a big hole and it's like, there's no trick, there's no trickery to it. He's literally getting buried alive. Yeah. So, um, technically there's been six buried alive matches. Okay. A few of them have been Undertaker Austin. Yeah, and Undertaker's been in every one as well. Okay. So, if you think like the Inferno match is Kane's sort of staple match, Buried Alive makes sense of it, it's the Undertaker's. Yeah. Um, so, the last one. Yeah, well, you've got the casket match as well, it's always a pretty good match. The last one. I would say it's technically a very live match was the Boneyard match. Yeah. The aim was to bury them alive. It was just that special sort of somatic sort of mm. match. But yeah, the first one was a, a pay-per-view, which was actually called Buried Alive. Okay. It was a, one of the In Your House pay-per-views that they used to have, where The Undertaker beat Mankind. And then uh, there's been there's been a tag team buried alive match was at it? SmackDown. <laughs> Again, a buried alive match at a SmackDown to me just yeah, no, sounds yeah, like that's, something that that's a weird one. That that's a weird one for me. And it was for the I think it was for the titles. It was Undertaker and Big Show against the Rock and Sock Connection. <laughs> what match that was? Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon has been and won a Buried Alive match. He got help from Kane, but he is actually won a Buried Alive match against The Undertaker. God, I love Vince McMahon. <laughs> like, he just he gets into everything, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. match, a Buried Alive match, Ryan's Den. Uh, so, before the Boneyard one, which was obviously this year, the last one was in 2010 at a pay-per-view, I, I don't know why they didn't carry it on. I mean, they could bring it back, which was called Bragging Rights. Do you remember that pay-per-view? I do remember that, yeah, yeah. Well, they, it's kind of what they've turned Survivor Series into a little bit. Right. Where it's sort of, it was always Raw and SmackDown. So it's called, you would, you would get your Bragging Rights. Mm. And Kane actually won the title against uh, The Undertaker. Right, okay. Buried Alive match. But if I remember rightly, I don't know if it's that one, but it was when The Undertaker was in his, um, his, is it his dead man gimmick, where he's like the biker? Yeah, well... I remember this whole storyline where like Kane was like, why aren't you like you used to be? I'm going to bury you. And he buried him, and then 
Undertaker comes back as the Undertaker that we know. So he sort of buried that character and then buried the live match. Right, I see. Because the one thing that sticks out in my memory from being a child is the Buried Alive match. And it was the Undertaker and he got Buried Alive. And like I said, it was a huge show. Like, And he was gone. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, that's the end of the Undertaker. We're not going to see him again. And I was dead confused for weeks. I was wondering what happened to the Undertaker. And as time, out, as time went on, I forgot about the Undertaker until there was this build-up slowly but surely you know then um the girls the young girls yeah you do the event um, yeah and that's when he debuted as the dead man but the build-up was you know he's coming back and it was you know the creepy yeah. vignettes of the, of the girls he's here and i think they did use the buried alive matches to sort of kill that incarnation at the time of yeah. the Undertaker, but it was just which so, was quite clever. so well done uh so, as well, I've looked up a theory how they do it because I can't fully understand how they do it because you see him get buried, don't you? Yeah, okay. And I've so seen his hand, but as well, I've seen his hand come up at the end of a buried alive match. Yeah. Under the soil. So, so apparently, there's, apparently there's a hidden room. So right. you'll see one shot of him sort of lying down. And then you won't see that angle again because he slid into a room and the carry-on's getting buried. And he waits there in this room with apparently a couple of bottles of water till the event's over and then they sort of dig him out kind of thing. Oh, really? It's quite, a, it's quite a dangerous match. It is. I mean, you see, you see magicians doing Buried Alive and sometimes it goes really wrong. Well, in anything, anything can go wrong, you know what I mean? There's this yeah. danger and everything but that's mad so we stay there until the end of to, to the arena's empty essentially so the weird thing with it as well is yeah you're buried alive but you're buried alive in a, a mound of like dirt in an arena it's never like outside <laughs> yeah. in the graveyard it's really weird yeah, just when you think about it <laughs> a week later while but, billy joel is performing it's yeah <laughs> We are not, but we are not going like that's ridiculous. It's just a. a I've, you know, I've never thought about that. that you know, I've never thought. I just that. thought it. It's so bizarre because they set it up like a graveyard, don't they? They use something yeah. like gravestones. That's that's really. I always like that as well. <laughs> I think I always like that in the build up to them that um, the Undertaker would make a gravestone for the person that he's against to be at this yeah. like buried live match. It was always quite a good thing to say. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see one again. Maybe. Don't stop it because you know there's no Undertaker. Well, the only person that could do it. Yes, sir. The fiend. Are you thinking the fiend again? Uh, I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, no, because there's no one that sort of buries people. He's the Undertaker. The Undertaker puts people on the ground, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so the Buried Alive match, I think, so is Yeah, I think that's a good shout. I mean, like I said, it's just, when you're watching it, especially being a child or, you know, like a young, young teenager, you just, you're just in awe of then, them get Buried also, Alive. It's mad. I didn't intentionally pick three Undertaker matches, but I suppose he always had the advantage where he'd have these sort of 
amazing stipulation matches because of his character. Yeah. It's just you know it's pure chance that they're all involving him. I said as well just then that like it's amazing to see it as a teenager or you know when you're younger. But I take that back. Even now, as a fully grown adult, I've watched mm. um, a better life match recently, and I thought, what a fucking match! Like they're just so good, <laughs> yeah. aren't they? Like, the, the build up, it's so, not just about the match. It's the build up. It's the story. It's the way they convey, you know, the story throughout the match, and it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah. So was, um, I'm not ashamed to say, as a fully grown adult, I enjoy sports entertainment about a live match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think WCW ever did their own version of that. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm, I'm glad because someone would have died. <laughs> they just buried the, the best wrestlers I had. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some really good picks in there. I'm very impressed with that. I've, I've really enjoyed this pod this podcast. Yeah, this episode. I mean, there's so many different stipulations we could have done. We could do a part a part two maybe one day. Yeah. Oh, there's there's a ton on there. Yeah. There's so many. Like... I mean, just for example, uh, the good housekeeping match. What <laughs> China uh, on that one? Yeah, there's the Brawl for All. The Brawl for All. We should do a thing in the Brawl for All because it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's so just, bizarre. You know, there's like even like an I Quit match. That was going to be one of my choices uh, because, yeah. like, an I Quit match, these wrestlers, there's, you know, they are superstars and it's going to take a lot for someone to say the words I Quit. So mm -hmm. you, you really have to give them a good beating before they say the words. There's some, there's some brutal I quit matches. You think of uh, Royal Rumble 1999, The Rock and Mankind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's brutal. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the worst matches I've seen. It's that bad. Yeah. It's a good match, but it's bad what's happening. Um, yeah. I always like, I used to like the um, the Last Man Standing match as well. I always thought it was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Another good one was uh, Three Stages of Hell. Yeah. They were, there's one with Triple H where it's like a, a Hell in a Cell, then an I Quit match, then a Hardcore match. Yeah. But like I said, we'll never really want um, a part two um, another day. Yeah. Uh, but we'll wrap this up. It's been, what, what, what was your favourite one that I picked? Well, uh, the sound of the lion dance. The yeah. lion's den match, I think, is pretty good. And the scramble match was pretty good. Yeah, I think, I, think a scramble, yeah. I think a scramble match would be, be interesting. It would, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think they could do that. I don't think they'd do the Lions Den one because it's too close to UFC. Yeah, and now there's, I suppose back then there was no real rules with that kind of fighting. Now there's a lot more rules. Yeah. What about mine? Mine are all like normal ones, uh, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the Inferno <laughs> match, it was. God, it's just an amazing thing to see, isn't it? I think that's, I mean, I just think because it'd be between the Inferno and Buried Alive, just because there's not many of them. Yeah. I think the Hell and Cell is too many. Mm. But when it's right. Build, yeah, it's hard to talk what you've seen, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 
Right, we're going to leave it there. Um, thank you for joining um, and uh, check out our YouTube channel as well. Uh, give that a like, give that a subscribe, comment, all the other things that you can do on social media. Give us a follow on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, I want to thank my Scottish stud, John Dugan. <laughs> and my ginger friend, Kieran. And I need to go for the, the ginger word. Yeah. What's wrong with being ginger? Nothing, but I mean. Proud of your heritage. <laughs> well, I am. Yeah, all right. It's been a pleasure, and I'll see you again <laughs> soon for our next episode of TTP Turnbuckle Talk podcast. Cheers.